0: Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show sponsored by Cheshire Impact on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com, thank I click a button and the magic begins. Everything changes. I don't think my my voice turns into radio, Casey, but maybe it does. I don't know. But my guest today, very cool guy, very cool, very smart. We're gonna learn a lot from him. We're gonna geek out about skiing too. Can't wait. A technology-driven marketing leader, thought leader, speaker. Now he's an entrepreneur, crushing it. Um, he's got this real-world SEO mastery. We're gonna talk a lot about SEO in this particular episode. I'm looking forward to that. Getting through it and debunking a lot of myths former SVP of marketing at Overstock.com, founder and CEO at Huckabuy.com. Jeff Atkinson, welcome to the show. Hey,
1: Casey. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, this is great. I mean, I, I enjoyed our previous conversation. I'm looking forward to this one. There's Likewise. to learn. There's stuff to geek out on. Man, there's so many things to do here. So I know we're talking SEO. I know we're talking marketing. Let me pass you this thing. It's heavy for me, but you're out West, so I know you can handle it. Ugh. Okay, here you go. You got it? Go ahead, grab it. it. Grab it. Okay, there you go. You got Thor's hammer. Look at that, just casual grasp. Let me just wield this Thor's hammer here. So take that hammer and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all.
1: Yeah, I'll start with I think there's this misconception in the marketing industry that SEO is sort of a black box that Google controls, you know. Uh, all these things and they're not willing to tell anybody what's going on. And that's, you know, just simply not true. They're quite open and honest with what they want out of websites. Um, You can kind of reverse engineer what they're doing. You can see them crawling. You can see what they're indexing. They're way more transparent than I think people give them credit for. And a a big part of that I think is that um, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there. And uh, we talked about this in our, our previous call. But it's a it's like an 80, 90 billion dollar industry, SEO services in particular, which is really consultants, uh, agencies, and they have an average NPS score, net promoter score of zero out of 10, which is you know not just detractors. These are people that are really getting burned and upset about it. Um, and those those agencies and consultants often. Um, you know like to have that fear around the black box that's mm-hmm. their business model is that they know and the company doesn't and they can kind of hold that over them uh, so that's probably the you know there's two, two, two sort of myths one is that SEO is a black box and you can't figure it out and the other is that agencies are the solution um, and you know if you look at that net promoter score you can tell that it's really not the solution so yeah, I come from a yeah. much more technical background when it comes to SEO, and I know we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, there's a couple of myths for you that I think need to be fixed.
0: Smash that, man. We, we were de- Let's debunk this. Because I mean, I, I even seem to know, I, I think I know a little bit about SEO, but I know it changes constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and I never really thought about the fact that, yeah, maybe some of these nefarious agencies, I have experienced that. They want you to think that there's mystery to it. There's mystery and drama, almost like they're, they're summoning spirits from another world to make your webpage, you know, load first page on Google, like mm-hmm. search engine optimization. It doesn't have to be so crazy. Um, if, if it's not a black boxing, we can decipher it. I mean, how complicated is it? Can you, could you break down like, what is SEO in 2020?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you really want transparency, you know, Google has a really big algorithm update coming in 2021. Uh, They call it the page experience update and you can read all about it right on their site. They talk about what they're doing. They've actually pushed it back because of COVID. They don't want to affect the economy too much. It's been, they've been talking about this for close to a year now. So it's a really big update. It might be the biggest update in about 15 years. They've never done this sort of preamble before. Go there, you can actually learn, you know, exactly what they're looking for. Um, but the page experience, especially with the shift to mobile, um, fast page speed, time to interactive being quick, um, just giving the user a good experience from a performance perspective is going to be a really big factor. So, you know, you don't hear agencies talk a lot about page speed, especially because they can't really fix it. They're not usually right. You don't need them to fix it either, <laughs> right? And so. Uh, you know, that's, that's sort of a 2020, 2021 big deal. Uh, another one is um, 50% of searches now are zero click. So uh, people will search either by voice or on their computer or on their phone, and they just get the answer. They get what they're looking for. What's the movie time? What's the sports score? What's the weather? So 50% of searches are zero click. And wow. that shows you just how much search results have changed from the 10 blue links that we used to see 10, 15 years ago to you know, just search for something and look at what that search engine results page looks like. Yeah. It's totally transformed to the point where 50% of people aren't even clicking through and having to go anywhere. So the industry is changing. Um, it's very, in my opinion, like big technical changes that allow them to do these things. And so another myth is like the idea that content is king. You know, that's such a marketing term that's used all the time. Um, content is very important, but it's—I wouldn't say it's king anymore. Um, there's other found, you know, fundamental things that you have to do in order to achieve uh, great search rankings, and and you know, content is, is not extremely high on the list, actually. So, yeah, another another myth that I'll debunk for you. Yeah,
0: you're just on a roll. So, if if I would ask you like the top three
1: things you got to do to rank high on Google, is it yeah.
0: oversimplification or or would you? No. Be-
1: No, top three is fine. So I think the technical foundation of your site, so mobile friendliness, page speed, the site architecture, does it include structured data? Is there not a lot of JavaScript? Uh, Are you using stuff like dynamic rendering? Like there's a lot of technical advantages and that sort of is like the foundation of the house. The house, if it's built on a bad foundation, there's just no way that Google's gonna rank it. So you could have the best content in the world, but if it's taking a long time to load or it's filled with JavaScript, you know they might just not be able to crawl it and they, they just won't understand it. So a good technical foundation is super important. Um, the next is a really obvious, obvious one, but it's links. So links still matter a lot.
0: They do, okay.
1: Um, backlinks matter and a lot of times backlinks are driven by good content, but they can also be driven in lots of different ways. But links are like one of the most, you know, important indicators that, that Google um, cares about. Um, and then sort of like site freshness, I'd put close to the top, which is a content piece that you're not just writing like a one blog article a month, but you're sort of regularly updating content so that when Google comes back, they see that the sites changed. they, they want to index, index it more often. Um, those are some, fundamental. So technical SEO, um, backlinks, and uh, fresh like sort of almost daily slight shifts in content so that the site in Google's eyes appears to be changing quite frequently. If you do those those three things, you'll be in good shape.
0: Wow. That's great to hear, that. Um, hear a list like that. It really helps see a window into the black box. Um, talk for a second about like, and I maybe even just did this with my question. And because I, I know I've known this about it, um, they're constantly changing, right? D- didn't like the old school method, w- was it all backlinks? Or how did they originally get started? Like Google, what, they used to rank based on something, but then they kept changing it.
1: Yeah. So Google's big breakthrough, if you go back and actually read Sergey and Larry's paper, uh, was the importance of links. And okay. links were like votes, but not every vote was created equal. And then Links establish what they call domain authority and also page authority. So um, it used to be if you searched on like AltaVista or Ask Jeeves for like an iPhone, it would show, you know, a pretty bad result set because they weren't really? counting the links. Now, because Apple.com has a ton of backlinks, that noise is eliminated by the fact that, you know, they're always going to rank number one for iPhone because they have all the links, they are Apple. So they were the first ones to sort of put into play the idea of like links, anchor texts, you know, the, the text in the link is more important than the text on the page. Um, those were the fundamentals that, that really mattered. And, and for a long time, you could game them, right? You could purchase yeah. links, you could add lots of, uh, you know, repeat the keyword over and over and over again, that worked better for the old search engines before Google. But there were some tricks, you know, there yeah. were definitely some tricks. Um, and they've eliminated basically, you know, they're constantly trying to, to make the algorithm more relevant and better and give people, you know, they really care about their users. So they don't want the trickster. So they, you really can't do that sort of black hat SEO anymore. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so it's like almost this constant evolution battle where they're trying to get us the best result. And then people are like, marketers be like, mm-hmm. Hey, how can I game this? So my client's number one, mm-hmm. um, and that defeats what Google is trying to do, which is make sure they have the best result. And so there's this like tug mm-hmm. of war and they keep changing things. I remember when I had a friend who mentioned one of the, who's doing one of the things you mentioned, she's like, I don't show up on Google anymore. Like even for my search for my own brand, I don't show up anymore. I was like, that seems weird. And I went to look at her site and it looked fine until I got to the bottom. And there was this big white, the whole white area at the bottom. Like, why mm-hmm. is there so white? And I clicked and I scrolled. There are a bunch of all these white keywords <laughs> on a white background, like, ooh, look at me tricking Google with white on white. And they won't know this, but they'll see all those keywords. Like she had used old school SEO to try to mm-hmm. game things and not kept up with the updates like you're talking about and found herself getting whacked and got penalized. Yeah.
1: I mean, we got penalized so bad at Overstock. I mean, we grew it from a channel of zero to a channel of over 300 million. Wow. And, and just like in like four or five years. And we had pushed the limits so far that we got banned for six months, um, which is a huge financial impact. Uh it's sort of a badge of honor. Uh to hardcore SEOs. They're like, Yeah, you're that guy. That well, this
0: is the hardcore marketing show. So pushed it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tell it me this hardcore so story.
0: What happened? What kind of
1: yeah, we were doing everything you could. You know, we were primarily there were companies that you could buy links from. There was um, it's actually uh a pretty well-known company now called Conductor that's on the up and up and they do great, great things in SEO. They specifically do a lot of analytics and things like that. But at the time, their first business model was they would buy display ads at huge sites like the New York Times or sure. USA Today, just very high domain authority sites. But their deal with these sites was they didn't really wanna have any tracking. They just basically would use these ads to, to put nice clean links that you could buy. Hell of a business <laughs> uh, model. I mean, we were spending tons and tons of money with them. Smart. Um, and, but Google figured it out. And, and we got sort of made an example of, especially in the e-commerce business and got banned for six months, which is a really scary six months. I mean, you so. don't even show up? Nothing. Totally gone. It, like, wow. Like
0: you can't even negotiate with them or anything. You're like, hey, we're no. sorry. You know, like, no, they're just like, bye.
1: Bye. Yeah. It wow. took us a long time and we had to make a really big case for ourselves and we had to delete a lot of links and you know, we just had to go through a, you know, almost a detox of black hat SEO for us to get back. And it took us like six or nine months. I mean, it really took a long time. So, you know, you can't do that. You definitely can't do that anymore. I mean, we kind of got away with it for for years and it really uh, we drove a lot of revenue, but yeah. um, Yeah. That's sort of my war story when it comes to SEO.
0: Jeez. Jeez. Did, were you like okay cool next job or did you <laughs> help them work it through
1: i helped them work it through um uh-huh. it was a stressful time but yeah i was there for the for the battle to get back on
0: i had heard jc had some something similar happen yeah, do you recall that one did. what did they do mm-hmm.
1: same story it was exactly the same thing they exact same thing so when yeah, jc was getting
0: whacked you guys were getting whacked too they probably? were doing
1: some other sketchy stuff like um sort of like bad content you know auto generation of content mm. and stuff but it was fundamentally sort of the same story as as overstocks but overstocks was a bigger penalty than theirs was actually Jeez, it kinda, it's kind of it's
0: kind of weird that they they have that much power but I, I i don't know man that's it's like wow daddy google put me in the corner <laughs> there's nothing i can do about it sometimes yeah. i'll see a message board where someone's like hey my my adwords account got blocked or banned does anyone have a contact at google i can reach out to it's like good luck with that man
1: yeah exactly at least on the paid side it's a little bit easier you do have someone to talk to on the seo side they have no one to talk to nobody talk Uh, to that you know they keep that team close
0: you gotta find them in the parking lot down at powell
1: (laughs) hey unban me
0: (laughs) yeah exactly so you so you've experienced so it, and they call that what they call it black hat
1: right like wizardry mm-hmm. yeah like, it's I'm sort sure. of like uh yeah it's it's frowned upon behavior that that you know you just can't really do anymore but it, it used to be very powerful you know black hat seos made a lot of money for a long time interesting uh, affiliate like the affiliate sites and um that would you know that would figure out black hat seo and and get you know uh, a huge amount of traffic siphoning through their site where they're taking 15 percent affiliate commissions i mean they just make tons and tons of money Yeah, um, it was a wild you know those days i started there in 2005 that was my first job out of college and those were like the wild west days of the internet i mean you could do anything um and you it was it was built for creative minds you know and yeah. I, I like to think that i was sort of in that zone where you know we, there wasn't a playbook we were literally making it up as we go and and you know storming the storming the next town over and yeah you know, it was pretty wild um it's a lot more diplomatic i feel like now than it was back then
0: but what, how cool is that i mean sometimes sales gets all the uh especially in the b2b world they get all the you bring the bell hit the gong because they can see the direct impact of sales but you know in the b2c consumer seo world especially if you can track it you're like oh we tried a little witchcraft over here with this SEO and it looks like we've experienced this huge jump of like millions of dollars and more purchases. I mean, it's some serious stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was. And what was cool about my overstock experience too is that it wasn't just SEO. You know, we did email marketing. We were one of the first companies to do personalization. We in one of my, I wouldn't say it's a claim to fame, but people find this funny. Is you know how when you go to an e-commerce site and now you leave and you'll see display ads showing you the products that you clicked on. Or oh added. yeah, totally. So I actually invented that idea, and I remember my mom coming to Overstock and just freaking out. You know, she called me and she's like, "Overstock's just following me around the internet." <laughs> now it's like just par for the course. But you know, those were the types of ideas that we could execute on and figure out. Um, it's another long story on how we did that, but it's uh you know you could do and still to this day right you we're still figuring stuff out and trying new things and there's fresher landscapes than seo such as like this um uh social and such but yeah very very cool time to be to be in the mix and doing what we got to do
0: yeah, it is and, and you sort of have have seen the different evolution and changes and is there anything is there like a like a the biggest mistake people are making these days do people what what, what kind of wrong path are they taking not even on purpose like black hat they don't really even realize they're doing it do you see a lot of people making mistakes
1: oh yeah a lot i mean i'd say the probably the biggest mistake that marketers usually make is so much attention to their paid channels like almost 90 percent focus on paid search social uh display media and like 10% focus on the stuff that, in my opinion, really matters, like email, CRM, SEO. Um, That's a huge mistake. Like, it's just easier. It's, you know, you can make adjustments and they happen overnight. Um, It's not as technical. You don't need an engineering team to figure these things out. So um, that's a huge mistake. I think also this like content marketing revolution um, is just sort of bizarre where we see companies especially enterprise companies actually at all stages that'll just throw content resources at things without any sort of agenda or plan or strategy behind it and they'll just basically be writing content for content's sake and they're not checking to see is it actually like paying off they're just doing it because everybody else is doing it so marketers are sort of like a little bit like lemmings they just sort of follow what's hot and and what's sexy at the time and what they're good at and what they enjoy doing versus like the real fundamentals that can impact the business the most. Um, and that take time and take tech investment and, and stuff like that. So I don't really blame them and that I, I get it, but um, I just see it happen over and over again that the shiny new object always stands out and yeah. instead of like really going after the stuff that matters.
0: Yeah, it, like we're like cats chasing lasers. We're just like, yeah. Well, watch that. That Oh, the new, the new latest intent data. They are new latest this or that. Um, talk to me about the tech side. Um, you know, in the past, I've sometimes even said that like the tech side was, is it, is it as complicated as it sounded? Because you mentioned several different aspects to it. Do I need an agency for that? Like, how complicated is the tech side, and how do you manage it? for SEO.
1: Yeah, the tech side of SEO is pretty complicated. Um, For example, just in the last year, Google's come out with something called dynamic rendering. And dynamic rendering basically means like a site loads dynamically based on what's called it, calls it. So if I call a site on my mobile device, I'll get one experience. If I call it on my desktop, I'll get another. But the big change is they came out and said, well, now you can actually give a version just for us. Um, really, and th- the reason for this was JavaScript. So JavaScript's like the bane of their existence. Um, they can't use their normal crawler to crawl JavaScript. Once they come upon it on a page, they have to kick that page to what they call their rendering queue, oh. which is a process that takes a lot of energy, like a lot of computing power. Um, it usually takes, you know, it could take up to like three or four weeks to get a page crawled. Gross. And it just makes it really hard for them to crawl and understand the Internet. So that's why they offered up this dynamic rendering where they said, you know, give us a JavaScript JavaScript free site. And it's one of the products that Huckabye does. We convert a site into flat HTML and make them a lot lighter, faster, easier for them to crawl. So that's like a really big tech change. If you wanted to build your own dynamically rendered version of your site, that's a big undertaking. I know mean, it'll yeah. take you months. They, Very complex. We have, we
0: have issues just building the, the human version.
1: Right. Not even responsive, <laughs> right? Let alone yeah. 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 And so that's, you know, there are some big challenges. Um, I don't, you're never going to find an agency that can do this sort of thing. Um, I really encourage, I see most great companies that do SEO well, have an internal team. They have engineers worrying, working on it. They're not, you know, they're not mm-hmm. leveraging outside stuff. Um, other than technology pieces, like they'll use analytics tools, they'll use Huckabye, they'll, you know, work on page speed with some tools, but uh, the people and the the talent is usually internal, um, because it needs to be technical, it needs to be technological, and you can't really outsource development all that well. Um, So it is, it is complicated. It's um, like structured data, which is just in and of itself. It's like a language that powers actually all the cool enhancements to search results. Um, that's a hard thing to do, you know, and that's a very technical thing to do. So, you know, the real idea of Huckabye is to like, just check, create the technical solution for SEO as a software. So, okay, cool. You can check all those boxes by buying a license and they're just done for you. So that that just didn't exist. So that's, that's what we're building at Huckabye.
0: Right. Cause I was going to say like, um, you're like, Oh, you need a dev for that. I was like, uh, you know, some companies they probably are three marketers behind and they only have like shop Mm -hmm. of one. And it's like, how do I, you know, an SEO may may came up for me today, but it's like SEO, we gotta do that. We gotta do this. We we got like nine different things. And sales is like, Hey, how come we're not ranking for this? You're like, cause we got a thousand hats to rank for or Mm a thousand hats to even do, let alone think about SEO. Um, can be kind of challenging, but I'd like to you've distilled down the, the three things we need to focus on. In the yeah. You don't have to try to manage the tech side yourself. That's cool.
1: If I was to emphasize one undervalued aspect of the algorithm today, but even more so with this yeah. update, it's page speed. Page speed is a huge problem across the entire internet. Google's been talking about it for years just yelling about page speed, page speed, page speed. No one's been listening and they're about to punish everybody that hasn't been listening. (laughs) (laughs) Damn! And um, so that's something to really, if you're listening and you're wondering, you know, what's, what should I work on next when it comes to SEO? It should probably be page speed. You should read about the new update coming in 2021 and figure out a game plan for how you're going to, cause they're just going to, they're going to basically do the overstock thing. They're going to kick, people off search results that don't have, you know, a decent page speed.
0: So question number one, how do
1: you know if you're slow? And, and is um, it like,
0: if you can tell it's slow, it's slow, but
1: it's good. Google- yeah, there's tools. Like- so the two tools that um, I recommend, there's Google Page Speed Insights, which is just what a marketer could normally just use, you know, drop in a URL and it'll give you a score. Okay. Um, out of a hundred. So Google Page Speed Insights is good. The tool that they actually use, in the algorithm um, is called Google Lighthouse report, and the Google Lighthouse report actually is a Google Lighthouse is a, a part of your Chrome browser. So the way that they actually measure page speed is if you don't uncheck the box, which nobody <laughs> does, saying "Don't send my data to my data to Google," um, you know, 99% of people around the world that have Chrome browsers, they're constantly feeding Google information about page speed. So say I'm you know I'm here in Park City today. Uh, I go to huckabye.com, that's going to, through my Chrome browser, actually tell Google how fast did huckabye.com load. If you go to my site today too, same thing. Like if you're, if you're you know, you're there in Nashua, New Hampshire, and, and they'll see what your score is or if someone right. goes in India. So that's actually how they, they learn. Um, it's an extension too that you can get on your Chrome browser that just measures page speed. Uh, that's the most accurate and the one that like developers and people that gotcha. really care about it use Google lighthouse report.
0: Okay. So I just did page speed insights uh-huh. on Cheshireimpact.com, Uh One of my sites here and it mm-hmm. tells me and it's red. So I can't be good. <laughs> it tells me 11 out of a hundred.
1: Yep, that's pretty common. You're not alone. Don't worry.
0: Is this just I have a shitty host or like what's the deal? It it, could it be this the host or the site or both or
1: so if you scroll down a little bit, it'll actually tell you about the biggest offenders. Um, Usually it's like image sizes, uh, non compressed JavaScript. Uh, Usually what you think of the of a website almost like a like a tree with roots like it's a tech stack, right? And yeah. And when that first call is made, you only have a certain amount of resources that that are like yours that get, okay. called, get called right away. And then stuff like your chat box or, you know, your analytics provider, they could be in Seattle and the next one could be in London. And they have to call all of those things for it to come in huh. and build the page. So what Huckabye does is we work at what they call the edge. And the edge is basically distributed around the world. It's, it's a cache. So it's basically like memory, you know, it's in memory and we just, we handle those requests. So we we compile the whole site, that whole thing that it takes the website to to appear and then we cache it at edge around the world. So whenever anybody comes in, it's just bang, bang. It's not going through all that maze, but yeah. So first contentful. So what
0: I did is I, uh, for people listening, I shared my screen with him that the results so if you're curious, you can check it out. The show on YouTube, um, but yeah, what, what are you seeing with my tea leaves here from the yes, lab data?
1: So um, the one that's a big part of the update coming is this time to interactive. So basically, that means how long does it take them for the page to load before they can crawl it? And yours is regular is saying twenty seconds right now, which I know that sounds really harsh. It sounds context. harsh. If I load it, it doesn't take twenty seconds. But what they're doing is they're using a very slow connection speed so that they can really break down and analyze what's nice. going on. So time to interactive is really important. Your first content, the sort of the, the main ones are first contentful paint, which is like how many of the things, uh, it's, it's a earlier metric. It's like, when does the site start to like really come to fruition? And then time to interactive means that they can actually really interact with it. But if you think about them, Right when they're coming to your site, if they take five, four, five seconds before they can do anything, versus if it happens instantly in like a hundred milliseconds, that's time that they're just wasting. They're just there, and they're going to move on. Right? They're they're either uh, going to move yeah. on to a different page, they're not going to crawl it, they're going to jump ship. And that's another huge problem in SEO that people don't realize because there isn't as much data around this. Is are you actually being indexed? Like if it takes twenty seconds time to interact, with you, you're not going to anything over five seconds and they just leave really so there's some issues you know and a lot of people won't won't want to face these issues because they're hard to fix you know they're just hard to fix uh, shameless plug but shame you know Hugabai has a page product now that's built for this specific update but so, yes yeah. so you could uh, fix me is what you're saying you could, <laughs> we won't the, completely fix you but we'll we would help a lot yeah it okay it would move, it'd move you into a, a, a much better position than you are is
0: any of this saying that it's my it's a shitty host or this is all like the site and the the design of the site maybe the i mean it's just a wordpress site but maybe we've added some goofy?
1: yeah there's probably um if you scroll down a little bit more oh there's more so um you're not serving your images in what they call like next gen formats so that's four seconds there render blocking resources another three seconds there's two, three seconds of unused JavaScript. There's a second worth of unused CSS. So if you, they'll actually tell you, like they're working on this, right? You can tell that this is when I say like, this is not a black box. If, if you actually care about these things, like you yeah. can look and see what Google's recommending and go fix them. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so- I clicked
0: on a carrot and under mm-hmm. unused CSS and it was telling me I have these, some of these CSS files here that are just not being used. I should. Right. Vanquish them, right? Damn, this is like a whole new world. And so, what you're saying is, what at what point 2021 is this the, the shoe? They say in? early
1: 2021. They haven't given it a date, and they okay. probably won't. But it's going to be probably in the first quarter of
0: 2021. People will, like notice shit will start happening.
1: I'm like, what? Oh yeah, it's going to be maybe the biggest update they've done in 15 years. I mean, they've never talked about an update this far in advance ever before. So. And then to postpone it because of COVID, like they're worried that it's going to have like an impact on the economy for them to know it's that significant. It's going to be a big update.
0: What percent of what you're seeing here is, um, I I imagine like your app can only help me so much with some of it. I got to just, do I got to get a dev on here to like start changing my images and start?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you just put a a good developer with, uh, even a decent developer with uh, Google Lighthouse which is a little bit more detailed version, yeah. they can really pick through some stuff and fix it mm-hmm. um, our product does a lot um, because we're caching at edge which is sort of hard for a developer to do on their own yeah um, yeah 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 but usually like if we, if you're at like 11 you go to like a 40 with Huckabye it's usually like a anywhere but if you're like an 80 you can go to a 90 so it's not and it depends on the site um but it's a big impact and that's
0: honest of you're you not telling them to go from 11 to 100
1: no that's then you you have some 40 is still red
0: it's still red so it sounds like do you do you have like partners and stuff that do those more of the services how do you trust that aren't selling snake oil
1: um not for this we do when it comes to seo like we do have a couple trusted agencies that were like, Got these it. guys aren't gonna screw you. Got but it. for this, because it is so technical, it almost has to be done internally. It's hard Sorry. to find a third party that's gonna be able to fix this problem. And, and now, that's another yeah. reason why PageSpeed just is a problem is that it's a very hard problem. It's a hard problem yeah. to solve. So like, You can just look at this and you're like, boy, this is a lot of stuff. It'll, it could take you know a year. And you have a lot of other dev priorities before yeah. PageSpeed probably. So, Something that really easily, you know, quickly gets a sort of uh, downplayed and and kicked to the next, you know, the next year or whatever. And but the day of reckoning is coming in twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and like, and I, I'm kind of fortunate that I've got like a marketing automation agency, and we've got some creative resources that are really smart with this stuff. And I imagine they could tackle this. Um, but yeah. think of the companies that like don't have that, where it's like,
1: dang, yeah. Well, hmm. Huckabye has a free beta right now um, okay. if you do want to try the PageSpeed product. I don't want to plug Huckabye all the time here, but well, it's a way to like kind of – Well, if I was it, an 80, you know, maybe yeah. I'd try it out,
0: but like I'm a freaking 11. <laughs> is there worse? I mean, there's not much worse than 11. I not,
1: need to find yeah. somebody that's worse. I think the average is something like 25 or something. So it's a bad scene <laughs> just in okay. general. I've seen worse. So, all right. um, like. Well, but I turned off my more.
0: my screen sharing and then I typed in a competitor. If they're higher than me, I'm going to lose my mind. people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, but what a, what a, yeah, they are higher. Damn it. <laughs> not by much, but they are. Um, yeah. interesting, interesting. So, I mean, this, it's almost like a, why are people, why people just don't know about it? They're just not uh, aware.
1: That, I mean, good SEOs are definitely aware of it. Yeah. Um, it's just a hard thing to pro- like, if you have a a bunch of marketing, like, things to do, yeah. page speed is probably not high on that list, um, yeah. because it is so hard, it's technical, it's not your normal, like, you can't put a marketing intern and go, like, hey, marketing intern, go work on our page speed, like, you need, like, a well-paid developer, so there's many reasons why it isn't sort of talked about, but this is the type of stuff that, that I cared about, that sort of made my career. When I think of myself as like a technical marketer. These are the things that really matter. Like this matters way more today mm-hmm. than your page, your uh, your PPC campaign, or mm-hmm. your you know your branding, or your you know like this is super important. And it's this is the example of like people are working on when when we talk about mistakes, like people are just working on the wrong stuff because it's easier for them to work on than saying, Hey, there's a really big algorithm update. And it's, we see it as an opportunity. Don't be fearful about it. This is, this is a great time to jump ahead of everybody because no one else is working on this. So you get it right. And you know, you're going to have a nice day sometime in Q1 of 2021 and jump all your competitors. So
0: that's a really good point. And, the only reason they'd know that because they heard this conversation on the hardcore marketing show.
1: <laughs> that's why we're hardcore Casey, we're getting hardcore wow. about yeah,
0: it. But you're, you are right. I mean, it, there's the initial freak out moment of like, ah, 11, yeah. but then there's the next moment of like, yeah, but you know, my, your competitors aren't, aren't a hundred.
1: Yeah. When you find stuff that's really bad, that's uh, usually a good thing that you found it and you can, it it will probably give you more uptick than, you know, focusing on something that's going really well. So anytime you find something that's like really kind of, you're like, Ooh, boy, that's not good. That's a chance, right? You're do it. You're in business. You're doing well today. Uh, fix that problem. And you'll probably get more than, you know, fine tuning your PPC ads or whatever it is that you're typically working on. That's a great
0: point, man. That is really great point. And it really, um, you know, sometimes I ask on the show, like, Hey, what's exciting you about the future? But you, you really kind of have me thinking like, Oh, I'm actually excited about this. I'm- yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, it is an opportunity. It doesn't have to be a
1: negative. When people say like, you know, I just can't seem to rank and I, we do all this content. It'll be, I'll look at their page and it'll be something like this and be like, Google Hasn't even crawled you. Like they're not even looking. So you could be writing all the content you want. That's just throwing money out the window. Cause they don't, they're not even getting to it. They're not even seeing it. Um, when there's those, those, you know, and you hear that, like, if you're, if you're around marketers, you hear that, like, I just can't get it to rank like all the time. And very often it's, this is the reason like they might have backlinks, they might have great content, but the site's not fast enough, especially for they've like a totally different mobile index and mobiles now, you know, a huge percentage of, of searches online. Um, they just won't include you like there's no chance that you'll rank on a mobile device if your site speed's slow wow earth shattering
0: changes going on here (laughs) appreciate you guiding me through this murky maze man my next question is like you know who are you how did you become this (laughs) alt-knowing wizard black white gray you like gandalf now with like the white (laughs) yellow red i'm are you kind of in between the light and the dark where are you at now and and who are you
1: really Um, I definitely didn't uh, anticipate this being my career or building a company around this. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually from the Boston area. So now I live in Park City, Utah, Huckabye is based in Park City, Utah. It's a little ski town in Utah, about 7,000 feet. Uh, I grew up in Boston, South Shore of Boston. Oh, nice. Um, I was, uh, uh, a cross country ski racer of all things. Really? Um, Spent a year on the U.S. ski team, um, raced in college at Division I level. Uh, went to school in New Hampshire. We talked about that last Oh, time. yeah,
0: New um, Hampshire. But let, New before Hampshire. we go anywhere, U.S. Mm-hmm. ski team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing like a cross-country event? Uh, we went all around. You know, we spent that winter, the one year I was on the team, we were based out of Sweden, and so we raced a lot in Scandinavia, which is where really? all the good cross-country skiers are. Um, yeah kind of a random sport that opened up a lot of doors for me you know it got me into college um, it uh, got me to travel the world got me to see the United States uh, it's really you know opened a lot of doors for me so yeah that was you know I got into Dartmouth which um, I never would have gotten in uh, without you know I'm, I'm not I wasn't that great of a student so I would never have gotten in without being a, a good skier and um yeah, Dartmouth's in New Hampshire, I, you know, spent a lot of time there. And then I was planning on moving to New Zealand. Like I had a friend, a ski no racing friend, a downhill, downhill ski racing friend who was from New Zealand and he had a house in Queenstown and his, his family owned a bar and I was just going to go there. But my mom was like, you have to take at least one job interview before you leave school because we've just spent all this money and <laughs> yeah. experience for you. And so I did. And um, they between her and my sort of uh, career services person, they spent a lot of time trying to pick up what the interview was. And it ended up being this uh, quickly growing e-commerce company out of Salt Lake City called Overstock.com. And I um, came out here. They're based in Salt Lake. I came out here. I was a just broke college kid and yeah. you know, negotiated to get a, a day of skiing in a hotel. And it was just like one of those perfect ski days in Utah with, you know, waist-deep powder at Snowbird. And, you know, then I was just sort of convinced. Then I went to the company the next day, and I thought it was really cool. I met the CEO. Um, it just seemed like a good group of, like, young professionals that were really charging hard, working hard, really, really smart. Um, and so I ended up at Overstock. Bottom floor, you know, I, could, I was a low man on the totem pole. I didn't even have a job title for my first three months. So I was making no money. <laughs> it felt like a lot of money to me coming from college. Um, and uh i sort of had a knack for this i didn't know i wanted to be in like internet marketing i just sort of ended up there and i started on the email team we grew that from like 50 million to like 200 million just kind of had a mind for digital marketing and like how it works and a bit of a business mind as well yeah uh, put up the enough, combination yeah i put up enough sort of points on the scoreboard if you will that the ceo kind of took me under his wing he was my mentor his godfather was Warren Buffett. His dad was the CEO of Geico, you know, just like incredible business background. And so it was sort of like the perfect job out of college. You know, I was there for seven years. We did a lot of stuff. You know, I, I, I worked really hard. I eventually became, you know, senior vice president in charge of marketing. And I ran analytics and I ran, I even ran buying. And See, you I said- basically like grew up in that same company. Yeah, you know? I did. Yeah. And fortunately it was big enough that there was like really good training in place. You know, I was, I was moving up quickly. So I needed a lot of like leadership training and I yeah. got all of that. Like, you know, I, I encouraged young um, people at the beginning of their career. It's great to work. Like everybody wants to kind of work for a startup or whatever, but the larger companies are large for a reason. They have great training programs. You can learn a ton. You can build a career like inside an Overstock or inside wow. an Amazon or yeah, inside yeah. a you know, American Express, or they, they're just, they're there for you to build a career. Um, and that's just, you know, I got a great opportunity and I took it,
0: <laughs> worked yeah. my ass
1: off and I took it. So then, um, then I left, I worked uh, in Colorado for a little bit at a, at a startup that ended up selling a travel luxury travel startup. It was sort of a crazy, crazy six months. And then I came back to Utah. Geez. Um, and, jeez
0: and what was the, What was the thought about starting Huckabay? How did you? How did you do it? Did you just you saw some un, untapped need, or what was the? Spark? So the
1: original? No, it was nothing like that. It was really a magic moment. You no you hit, hit it.
0: Totally. You invented the flux capacitor kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nothing like that. Even it was a terrible idea. The first idea for Huckabay and our, what, who we were for two years was a B two C affiliate site that showed It was basically like a comparison shopping engine that oh, shows sure. different prices with coupons. Terrible idea. Google hated affiliate sites at the time. It was a total <laughs> SEO place. So it was totally failing. I think the most money we made in a month was like $15. Sure. Um, so it was just going nowhere. And uh, but we'd built some cool SEO automation software that people that knew me and knew the company wanted to start licensing. So we pivoted about, oh man, four years ago into uh, into this, into this software business. And that was the best, best idea ever. Jeez. So now, yeah, we're getting pretty, you know, we've got, um, right around 20 employees. We're growing like a weed, the product's insane. It works really well. Very fortunate to, uh, to have the startup where it is now. Um, it's, you know, you know, you, you have your own business. It's not easy. You know, it's a, it's a fight. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Feeling very fortunate to be where we're at.
0: Man. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a wild ride, right? You know, it's, uh, it's different than being in the big company you can, you're wearing Lots of hats now.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I joke that, you know, you go from like having 300 employees and an assistant that gets you lunch to like you're putting IKEA furniture together. Like it's yeah. nothing glamorous about being a startup CEO. It's just, it's, it's a slog at first. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Um, so so we have the looking? ski thing and we've got the New Hampshire and ski thing in common. I know. Um, yeah. So, a, I mean. I love that state. I love. all around the area and. Yeah, of course. Yep, a lot of time. Um, I love um, Sugarloaf in Maine is one of yeah. my favorite mountains. I usually like the places where I skied the fastest <laughs> because it's just like positive memories. So, um, but oh, like I where skied, you actually won? Like won the yeah? Race where I mountain. like do really? Yeah, exactly. So I always skied well in Maine, but yeah, I spent a ton of time in New Hampshire and Vermont. And racing in college, you do what they call the carnival circuit, which is. Huh. Um, you go around to the different ski schools. So like there's the Dartmouth Carnival, there's the UVM, University of Vermont, University of New Hampshire, Middlebury, Williams, Colby. So you literally spend all winter every, you know, three to four days a week at a different school racing. And so that's a pretty cool experience to, to you know, How does that you-
0: work with school?
1: <laughs> yeah, great question. Yeah, you leave on, um, typically you leave like thursday sometimes depending on how far away it is so you you leave thursday you race friday saturday you come home sunday so you miss two days of school um you just can't have classes on those days yeah you just sort of work dartmouth it's like something like 55 percent of the, the kids that go there are athletes so they're they just make sure that it's you know you're set up for success, um, huh. both as an athlete and as a student. You know, there's Jeez. lots of options to make sure. Sounds
0: like that a that sounds like a better college experience than I had.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty ideal. It was pretty ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, what? You know, I haven't had a chance to really ski out west at all ever, um, other than Seattle or you know Washington mm-hmm. State. So mm-hmm. what? What is the difference in any? do you have to change your style when you're doing the differences? Cause I'm just, I'm skiing on ice over here. You know how it is.
1: Yeah. You'll love skiing in Utah. I mean, I would never ski. I hate to say this, but I probably would never ski on the East coast again. I believe it's you. like it's so, <laughs> believe you. so much easier, you know, like your skills from skiing on that ice will make it so much easier when you come ski here. I mean, imagine yeah. just like, it's perfect. Like it's yeah. fresh snow every day. It's perfectly groomed. The weather is nice. It never gets like really cold. There's no humidity. It's just dry. Uh, tons of snow. Um, it's, you know, it's like perfect. Uh, yeah. It's a huge reason why I live here. I can walk out my door and, you know, I'm looking at a ski slope right now, right out my window. So, um, yeah, you should try it someday, Casey. You should come Seriously. Someday.
0: Well, COVID, COVID ends. I'll give you a call.
1: Yeah, yeah. perfect.
0: And uh, my, my site will be a, an 80 out of 100 at that point yeah and uh and any hand over fist have all the
1: all the rankings and yeah exactly you'll we'll get you dialed in utah you'll probably uh but i do love i love the i love the east coast i miss it yeah um, i miss during covid not going back there because I, I miss my parents and stuff so um, new hampshire is a special state live free or die live or die man yeah
0: it's a cool cool yeah. place um this past tuesday i actually went rock climbing
1: Oh wow! It was like That's my awesome. birthday,
0: so I took the day off and I went up north and did some rock climbing. But what was cool is, in the past, the rock climbing would be, you know, as as part of um, a group or someone else was setting it up. And but in this case, it was actually a it was like a, a smaller class, private class, where the goal was to learn how to set up top ropes and set your own anchors mm. up and do your own, so you could do your own thing later. it's always paying attention taking notes okay what what kind of rope do i need what kind of anchors do i need and 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 how does he setting it up and what how many backups and and and, uh so we we set stuff up like 50 percent set it up and then 50 percent climbed on it yeah and and i gotta tell you it's so much so much more comforting to connect to a tree than it is to to (laughs) find four or five got some bolts got some uh some, you know, cams stuck in a yeah. little crack here. And you're like, I'm hanging on that. That's so wild, but wrap it on a tree or two. You're like, Oh yeah, we got this.
1: My sister and brother-in-law are very accomplished rock climbers. Oh, cool. I, I can't stand it. I have a fear of heights. So there's a problem right there. Yep. I'm not flexible at all. And I don't really have a lot of upper body strength. So it's a really bad combination for me. And Yeah. You will not right. see me rock climbing. Anytime.
0: You have got like ski body but I'm sure like your quads can be bent, you know, for days and not even notice it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Keep me on the ground. I don't need to be up high on a, with a rope saving me.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Well, have you ever done like the hello, hello skiing or whatever out of a helicopter? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have. You're not afraid of Um, that. Oh, it's scary, but it's worth (laughs) it. Once they drop you off. Yeah. Crazy story. I actually, uh, Patrick, the CEO of Overstock, his brother owns Alyeska, which is like the biggest resort in Alaska. Oh, wow. guys heli skis like in Alaska. You said, Yeah. In Alaska. So we got to uh, a friend of mine, I went up there and helped him with his marketing for a week and took me heli skiing. And that was just like heli skiing in Alaska. If you like, in terms of step ups, like you'd come to Utah and your mind would be just completely blown by totally. just skiing on a resort. And then you get used to that and then you go heli skiing in Alaska. That's just another whole world of like advanced skiing. Um, But yeah, that was a, that was a special treat that I got to do that. Only been once, but it was in Alaska and the two garage mountains. So it was pretty, pretty insane.
0: Yeah, no, that, that sounds legit. I don't know if my skiing's up to that. I gotta get back into it, but COVID, COVID has me doing all sorts of things. I had like I'm a mountain yeah. climber and I hadn't climbed mountains in a while. So now yeah. I'm back at it. And same thing with um, probably getting back into skiing this this winter too, just because it's a safe thing to do. Like you it just, is. You're all by yourself, you know?
1: Yeah. It's normal to be socially distanced when you ski. I think it's yeah. a really safe thing. It's like I've been playing a ton of golf because it's the one sport that's like you don't have to be near anybody. It's yeah. great. And you look at like the golf numbers have gone through the roof this past yeah. year. Um yeah, just different world, you know. We adapt yeah. pretty well. I think skiing numbers will go through the roof as
0: well because people I think are, so. I'm already wearing a mask anyways because the air is cold. Huh. Right. Now that works. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't have to yeah, touch so anything, anyone. The only thing right. is you may not be able to get those extra large chocolate chip cookies in the in the lodge. Yeah.
1: I'll probably move all that stuff outside.
0: They they probably oh. But how cool would that be, like a little drive-up, I don't know about the drive-up beer,
1: beer bar, but drive-up
0: cookie? You know, yeah, yeah, here, swipe my car, let's go, let's do it.
1: <laughs> they have all that stuff here in Utah already because it's not a freezing cold. Well, behind. It's, it's just that it's the weather's so bad. It's freezing. You yeah. don't want to sit outside, you know. <laughs> um, here it's, like, beautiful and sunny, and so, yeah, we, we eat outside, and Apre ski is a fun, a fun thing to do out here.
0: Yeah. See, I don't know if I go skiing, am I just not going to ever want to ski again back here or like we, I, I got to move.
1: <laughs> there is a risk of that for sure. There's definitely a risk of that.
0: Oh man. Um, sick. Well, got, got a hypothetical for you cause you, sure. really interesting, you know, journey, especially a lot of the time growing and incubating and overstock. You get to use my time machine cause I may or may not have one in Nashua. You, so <laughs> it's in the backyard covered with a tarp. You get to sure. use this. Um, and it goes back in time, and you get to meet yourself a couple days after you graduated mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. Um, a couple days after, just in case you partied right that day, right? So it's a couple days after it. You could go yeah. meet that version of you. What mm-hmm. are you going to tell yourself? What kind of advice would you give yourself? What kind of things would you tell yourself, knowing all the different experiences you've been to?
1: Yeah. Early early on in my career, I really didn't have any work-life balance and it sort of was unsustainable. You know, I like put on weight. I was just working all the time. Um, And I always thought of it as sort of like a sprint. It was almost like a panic, you know, it was like, this just has to happen. And a little bit of that was, was the overstock culture. Like we really pushed each other hard. It was very competitive, but it's not sustainable. And you know, the gotcha. big reason why I left, it was just like, I can't do this to myself anymore. Right. So I think, you know, my advice to a younger Jeff would be, you gotta be able to do it for years and years on end. You can't just think that it's like today or tonight and tomorrow and then it's the end of the week and then it's the end of the month and the end of the quarter. You know, the business world here is really set up for like kind of constant stress and, um, sprints you know Um, now you still have to do them at times but I think you have to think about especially if you're kind of a high performing like charging type person um, you got to set yourself up so that you can do it over a long period of time Um, and you're comfortable with it it's part of your lifestyle you enjoy it you enjoy work uh, instead of it be this sort of all-encompassing thing. And that's really hard to do because even as I talk to young employees and people getting their careers started, like their mentality is just like, go and go yeah. get it. And so you're probably gonna do that for a, for a couple of years, but at some point you have to kind of get into a zone that you're like, yeah, I could do this for like 20 years. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I think that's the advice that I'd give myself.
0: Yeah, it's smart. I've definitely experienced that too, where sometimes I'd feel like I'm either working on myself or the company or myself or the project. Mm. And one of them was taking a back seat, you know? I'm like, oh, the right. company's growing or my project's succeeding. And then I'm like, man, I'm, I'm in rough shape after that physically. And then you just yeah. you feel bad anyways. You succeeded, but you just feel blah.
1: Yeah, then the time off, you can't even really enjoy because you're right. trying to get back in shape or whatever it yeah. is that you're trying to do. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I'm not the best example of it in action, I don't think, but uh, you know, I've gotten better at it over the years. Yeah, but even recognizing it, being more intentional about it, just pays off. That's a good point. And sometimes you got to come first, you know. Yeah. Um, And what would you tell yourself? I'd love to hear. You've maybe you've already shared it on the podcast. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, it's You have an incredible background. You know, time in the military and doing what you're doing now. And yeah, uh, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, it. You know, it's really
0: it's. there's like a magic intersection when it's like your passion and maybe call it purpose or like Mm -hmm. your occupation, you know, the thing that you're good at and then your, your passion doing that, like doing your passion for job, for a job, for work. Um, I, I would be more, I would tell myself to like go with the feelings. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, okay, you're doing this. Do you, do you hate that? Then don't do that. Like Mm -hmm. that degree in school, or I mean, I did some hardcore math classes that that mm-hmm. are just like I have bad dreams about years later. But like you know, but but also figuring out um, uh, where where is that intersection? And oh, I really love this thing. For me, it was Pardot, Right, I was talking about Pardot, marketing automation mm-hmm. many moons ago. Now I couldn't shut up about it. Like that's mm-hmm. a thing. The things yeah. you can't shut up about if you're a talker or you can't stop writing about it, if you're a writer, however you communicate, those mm-hmm. are the things that I got to zero in on. And, yeah. and just kind of telling myself to pay attention to that. Cause I was always full of ideas. Um, and then some would go by the wayside, but I'd be like, okay, if you start thinking about something and you can't stop thinking about it, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. And it maybe means you leave that job and go do this job, but kind of like zero in and really the intersection of p- purpose and passion is really what I would tell myself, um, to yeah. pay attention to, And then also keep trying the goofy things like the Mm -hmm. I've, you know, how many websites I've launched that were weird. (laughs) Right. One was like, um, like to donate. Like if you like this page, it'll donate a dollar to a a nonprofit. Here's, here's a bunch of them. Just click down the list. Um, Also just interesting, different things I, you know, was experimenting with, but that was like my battleground or the breeding ground for eventually when it came down to do an actual company, or the third or fourth time it's like, Oh, I've done this before. I know how to make an LLC. I know how to do this. Cause yeah. I was playing around. So I would encourage myself to continue playing around, do those things that are fun, pay attention to what you don't mind staying up all night for.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's good advice. What would you say you learned from the Marines that applies now to your success in business? Like what, what's something that, you know, myself has never been in the military Missed as a uh, that you would you would learn that you learned, you know, that that really helps you that you know you find as a strength now,
0: yeah, it's a good question, too. Um, freedom, um, so a lot of the military mostly sucks, um, not mm. the people, <laughs> don't yeah. click me, weirdos. <laughs> the life in the military <laughs> really sucks, you know, that's yeah. the way to say it, um, so. It's really tough. And not only is it really tough, but um, even when it's not tough, you don't own yourself. You're right. a veteran servant. And so you don't get, just get to decide that you want to go out this weekend. Right. And if somebody, a couple of ranks above you is like, I'm not happy with you know, the lot of you. None of you can go out this weekend. That's how it is. And right. so you start to really appreciate the weekends those right. moments, um, appreciate later on when you get out the ability to go. I want to make a trip, I want to <laughs> a mountain, I want to take yeah. off on Tuesday, right? Or, right. um, and whether the company you know, you're working allows you to do that or not, but at least you have, or I want to change companies, right? right. I want to change bosses. We can do that. Um, that's so, a really
1: good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: you can't do that if you don't like your commander if you don't like your platoon like and thankfully i, I had really cool people that were you know uh, above me and in charge of me and and for the yeah. most part they were just all all really cool people um but you could get a r- real shithead right, right. for sure and, and you would see them and you're like oh i thought you know and you hear all this talk about oh the military leadership course like the best leaders are forged in the military they are, but also sometimes the worst ones too. So Yeah. <laughs> you roll the dice and you can't decide. I don't like this. And and now they're they they own your life and they can tell you to go over here and go over there. So it's it's really weird. So now I really respect when I see like young kids now that are like going off to boot camp or this and that. I realize what and it was cool at the time to get your military discount, you know, but I realized, well, actually, yeah, it really it, it's cool while you're in it. But it sucks. And so, half the reason you had these relationships with people is because you were in the shit together. Right. Um, not that you were in happy land together, you were in like terrible land. And I'm sure that's the same <laughs> with like startups and other things. The, the people that I was in the, the worst jobs with, sometimes we keep in
1: touch because yeah. we we're
0: all working for the worst person ever, you know, yep. or something like that.
1: Well, it's that, but on a whole different level, right? Like, yeah. you at least go home after your terrible boss. Yeah or quit or leave quit. your job yeah or you just get to go on vacation a couple times a year that's just like totally are stuck there's yeah, also
0: visiting countries like you, you've traveled a lot but like mm-hmm. visiting iraq when there's no sewer and the sewer is like a mm. hole in your house that trickles into a hole in your wall which trickles mm. into the street right and right and we're driving in these humvees and people are actually glad to see us there which is wild right you think with news and stuff that 9999.999% yeah. you know, 99.999.999 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, people were like thank you for being here waving right. at us um and we threw candy to their kids and we were nice to them there was that like 0.0001 0, 0, 0, they would like yeah pop up I every you know, which is like your natural criminals i guess anywhere right Would just right. pop up and be like we hate you let's let's battle right or right. Let's try to blow you up um but otherwise you know they're all really nice but you realize, okay, their poop is coming out into the street. We're driving through that. Like we take for granted the fact that you can walk into a McDonald's and go to the bathroom and and you have to pay for it. And it flushes (laughs) and it goes bye-bye, right? But like you don't get that there. And so I really appreciated that. And it would would be so bad where you're driving through it in your Humvee that we would tell one of the guys, we tell Josh, hey man, light up a cigarette. Was that allowed in a Humvee? I don't quite remember, but we would say, light that thing because we would much rather yeah. smell cigarette smoke than whatever else we're yeah. driving through. Oh yeah. man, that's which wild. is weird to think about with all the non-smoking stuff. So right. um, it just makes you appreciate what you got, not only the freedom, but then just being like, wow, like cool. Like we we live in a yeah. really, neat place, you know? Yeah. That's a really good point. That gives a lot of perspective. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, sure, man. Sure. It's it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wild. Fast. Kind of like Fast experience where you know it's over and
1: you're like, "Whoa!" Eyes oh, by uh, yeah, yeah, six years, right?
0: Yep, yep,
1: yeah. So
0: a little wow. bit of time, but you, yeah, that's a good chunk. Yeah, but what's cool is you stay in shape, right? Because kind of like maybe yeah. ski team, like people are actually like, "Oh, are you are you in shape? Are we running together? Are we exercising together?" And you're good. Yeah. But when you when you get out, like no one's like the accountability going like, hi, "Hi, how you doing today? Did you run your five k today?" Like no one. Right. that doesn't happen yeah. anymore. There's a, there's an advantage to that.
1: Yeah, I was such, like, so in shape for so long that I like the freedom not to be in shape and, like, eat whatever I want, yeah. and not exercise. Like, that got me where, you know, it was just gone yeah. from, you know, having to work out three hours a day to, like, I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. Um, that was pretty freeing for me. Look at re- me doing regret- nothing. Yeah, I regret Can't not stop keeping me. it up. <laughs> I know. I do regret not keeping it up.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's hard to get it back after you uh, get rid of it. So yeah. Crazy times, man. Well, Hey, where can people connect with you on LinkedIn? Where can they get info on the the Huckabye and like maybe what should they, what's the first thing they should try or test or analysis?
1: Yeah. Um, So the easiest on LinkedIn, I'm Jeff with a G, G E O F F, uh, Atkinson. Um, our site, huckabye.com is the best way to get in touch with us. Um, if you fill out a contact us form and, uh, you know, mention the fact that you, uh, saw me on the hard corpse marketing show and and we take care of podcast listeners because they're very smart. They always get a discount. Um, and they're just well taken care of. So, and then what was the last question?
0: Oh, oh, no, that's good. Yeah. So, so you want them to do the contact us form and then, but what should, What should they
1: do do for like their own SEO? Oh, no, no.
0: For like from the the Huckabye, like is there a particular analysis that's going to happen first? Yeah, if you
1: go to the PageSpeed page on our site, there's a um, request for inclusion in our PageSpeed beta, which is free. Um, That's a great freebie. You know, you don't get it forever, but like you can see whether the product will work for you or not. And it's not as expensive as our other products. So um, good way to get started.
0: Okay. Sweet, man. Good stuff. Thanks for being here. This has been fun. Hanging My out, United talking States. SEO, skiing, mountains. Yeah. All that craziness. Totally. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on and,
1: um, let's keep in touch.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. And I, like I will literally show up at your door once we can actually <laughs> travel and
1: be like, let's go yeah, um, fun. And, uh, skiing. Yeah. that sounds
0: yeah. And so for people listening, um, for sure go do the con I'm going to do it. Uh, and my site's going to be faster than your site. So you better do it. Um, but if you learn something, and I know you did because I literally have pages of notes over here front and back, <laughs> then, then uh, share this on LinkedIn. But your takeaway, don't just share the link or something. But like, this is what I learned. Maybe it's the page speed or the Google page speed. Insights, Lighthouse. Look up your speed. Post it. Talk about it. And then, you know, tag myself. Tag Jeff. We'll, we'll enter some dialogue with you. We'll get some comments going. That's thought leadership. That's how you do it. You know, it's plain and simple. It's, not, it's no black box there. It's very straightforward. To so do that, start a conversation. And again, Jeff, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for coming on here. My pleasure, Casey. Thanks for having me. Right on. For those listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.